0: got your back.
1: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of our Just Work podcast. It's Ernest Adams here with Kim Scott. Hello, Ernest. Are- Hello, Kim. And we are really excited to, to have a great conversation today. Um, Kim, I appreciate you sending over to me the couple pages of rewrite that you're working on for, for, for the, the rewrite of Just Work and very, very uh, stimulating particularly this topic of, of, of being aware of being self-righteous yes. uh, and, and shaming because I think it's just such a powerful concept when you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion and being an upstander and being an ally and can you go too far?
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, as uh, uh, as you pointed out, I really wrestled with this section of the book and I'm not it. at all sure that I got it right and there's probably more than a little white guilt or something. Uh, Mm. So, so point it out to me and let's get this right. Cause I think it's important.
1: Absolutely. Like I think it's really important too. And I think we'll talk about this, but you know, one of the things that stood out to me and and I can't wait for all of you listeners to hear uh, what Kim is about to read to us, but you know, there's so much science behind how their human brain works. Yeah. And shame is one of those really interesting emotions that is scientifically based and rooted in how our brain operates right yeah. it's so tied to fight or flight yeah. it is so tied to self preservation so yeah. it, that all that came out to me as you were going through this so i know we'll get into that as we begin to talk about this
0: amazing okay so just for the listeners this is still we're still in the chapter on upstanders Standers. and this is a, a cautionary a word of caution about how upstanding can go wrong So this section is called Beware of Self-Righteous Shaming. It's the responsibility of upstanders to intervene when they notice bias, prejudice, or bullying. But attempting to coerce people into changing their attitudes or behavior by indulging in self-righteous shaming isn't going to work. Remember, Remember, radical respect optimizes for collaboration. It doesn't seek to coerce through force or shame. Often our intentions in shaming are good. We're trying to defend a vulnerable individual or group of people who are being disrespected. Or perhaps we have been shamed ourselves, and so it feels fine to fight fire with fire. Or we are just fed up with a broken system that isn't working for us, so we lash out at a person rather than trying to fix the system. Or perhaps the people we are shaming are more powerful than we are, so we assume they somehow deserve it or can take it. Self-righteous shaming is an act of vengeance, not repair. It is a form of bullying, and fighting bullying with bullying isn't going to reduce bullying. Ultimately, insofar as we know at some level that it won't work, it is an act of despair. Or sometimes it's just communicating in bad faith in hopes of gaining something. Given how addictive the rush of shaming others is and how social media tends to facilitate this kind of communication, self-righteous shaming is on the rise like a sickening virus, and it is spilling over from social networks into de- into today's workplaces. Kim, can, I, can, I, can I stop you, Kim? Yeah, please.
1: So, so that, that line that says, often our intentions and in shaming are good. Yeah, I, I struggled with that as you began to, as I began to read more around what you were saying in that paragraph or the next paragraph, because when you think about it coming from a place of bullying in a place of vengeance, in a yeah. place of I guess the question is, are the intentions really good?
0: Yeah, maybe we we want to believe the intentions are good. I <laughs> yes. don't know when we read about The Incredible Hulk, we can di- dive deeper. I mean, there are times when i've when someone i I care about, at work Mm -hmm. or just in the world has uh you know has been harmed Mm -hmm. and and i want to step in and say something Mm -hmm. like for example (laughs) my uh, th- there was I was at Baskin Robbins with my kids getting ice cream. Okay. okay and there was kind of a pack of teenage boys ahead of us, mm-hmm. and they were starting to harass the person who was scooping ice cream, and they were okay. sort of saying, and this is in Palo Alto, you know uh, yeah and um and so most of these teenage boys were were white boys. And the person scooping, they, they couldn't tell what her nationality was. And they were like, okay. what, you know, what are you? Where are you from? And I thought I said to them, um, you know, are you being respectful, boys? Uh, uh-huh. and, and and to my surprise, they actually backed off and they looked ashamed and they stopped, you know. So it was like a moment of upstanding. And, and part of the reason why I did that, you know, I was like. I was writing this book and that made me more aware of not being the silent bystander, but also I was with my children and I thought, you know, gosh, if I don't, they
1: need to see an example. Yeah.
0: So I thought I was, I, my, I thought my intentions were good. Well, I was telling the story to someone else later and my daughter was like, mom, that's not what you said. What you said was you, you guys are being assholes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I was kind of fighting bullying with bullying. I was being, you know, kind of a Karen really was for my children's uh, perspective. So I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether, what, what were my intentions in that moment? I think they were good, but maybe they weren't. Maybe I just wanted to show off in front of my kids that I could out bully these teenage boys. I don't know.
1: Or maybe you did you weren't, you didn't, you were not clear with yourself on your intentions.
0: Yeah. Yes. Right. Most and so,
1: and, and I th- and I think that's an interesting, and I think that's why I struggle with the statement. Our yeah. intentions are good because I don't think people always have, know what their intentions are.
0: Yeah. We and I think.
1: think we think right, and that yeah. really taking time to understand our intentions. Yeah. This work, this hu- interacting with each other as humans, really, yeah. we should be intentional about how we do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yet we're strangers to ourselves. So. Uh, correct.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's, the, so I'm going to, that's some good editing right there. I got some work to do when we finish, love it. but thank you. <laughs> It'll get better. It gets better. Of course. Um, okay. So the next thing I said, and this is where the, I would love your, everyone's thoughts on this, but right now yours and then listeners, as you read this right in and uh, as yes. you hear this right in and let us know what you think. Self-righteous shaming happens on the right and on the left. If you're on the left, you're probably thinking about how it applies to to people on the right. Or maybe you're the self-critical type who notices it on the left too. Ditto in reverse. If you're on the right, the truth is we all do it from time to time, unfortunately. So I think when people hear the term self-righteous shaming, they're thinking various words. What do you think people are thinking when I talk about self righteous shame, shame Yeah, when they're I hear self righteous woke, they're thinking you know, they're Absolutely. thinking
1: this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're putting people on blast. They yeah. are you know, yeah. they are holding people accountable, um, are some things that come to mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is. I actually cut this out of the book, but I would love to get your thoughts. So, one of the things on the one of the examples on the right that I was thinking of when I wrote that was during the the confirmation hearings uh, for Brett Kavanaugh. Yes. I forgot who it was. Somebody on um, some senator said. Of the of Christine Blasey Ford's testimony, which I thought was remarkable and very brave, and strong, very brave. Yes. yeah, and I admired, said this is the most shameful proceeding, and I used mm-hmm. he he used the word shameful uh, that this you know that this body is a, some you know sort yeah. of self righteous. So to me, that was an example of kind of a coercive self righteous shaming, and I, I he probably thought he was protecting. Brett Kavanaugh's honor. I don't know what,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: but, but that's, that's kind of what was in my mind. What do you think?
1: No, I I can see that. I mean, I see it happening both on the right and the left all the time. I mean, where we're shaming, yeah. trying to shame each other into some form of being right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. In some form of, of rallying a base of people. Right. Yeah. If I yeah. say this, so, then people, yeah. right. If I say this one, people will align with me and therefore I will have more support. Yeah. So again, that goes me back to, that goes me back to, that's not great English. That goes it takes, back it takes, to, <laughs> takes me back to the statement of, are you really having good intentions?
0: Yeah. Is it about you or is it about your audience? Absolutely. And if it's about your audience, then it's, then it's not, your intentions are not so good. It's like right. not communicating in good faith. And maybe that's another thing I need to talk about here yeah. is so often we're sort of trying to make, you know. Points rather yes. than to communicate. You know, we're trying to win points, communication points.
1: The other thing, Kim, as I was reading this, that I thought would be really interesting to weave in somewhere is if you're trying to prove a point without empathy. Yes. For the people who are being, who you are quote unquote standing up for. Yeah. Then that is never a good thing either.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because the empathy forces you now to think about how will they receive this, they being, whomever I'm trying to defend, whomever I'm trying to upstand for, whomever I'm yeah. trying to to intervene on behalf of.
0: Yeah. Do you also have to have empathy with a person who's causing harm? Like, did I need to have more empathy for those teenage boys in line? I really didn't. I was pissed off at them. It was, And part of the reason, frankly, I was pissed off at them was that I don't like seeing white kids behave that way because it makes me yeah. feel ashamed of who. Like, so now all of a sudden I am I feel ashamed, so I'm shaming them. And it's not, I'm not centering the person who was scooping the ice cream, who I was ostensibly defending.
1: Right. So this is why I go back to what were your intentions in that moment, right? Because yeah. it was no longer about the person scooping the ice cream. It was about you and the deep, really feelings you had yeah. and what this triggered in you. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I would just say, I think a lot of times, I would. The answer to your question is: Do should you have empathy for the person who you're speaking to? Look, the well-adjusted answer is yes. We should always yeah. have empathy for others it's as we really interact. Hard. Right? It is really hard, but particularly if the person is a bully, right? Yeah. And it, and if you are going up against a bully, if you're doing a Hulk or you're doing, yeah. you know, some of these other, it, it is. It's very difficult to have empathy for that person. Yeah. How? However, yeah. I have found through experience that, you know, really thinking about that person is a scared little boy or a scared little girl or a scared yeah. person yeah. and not understanding what happened to them in their life to get them to that point does yeah. get me to an, it's an unlock for me to have empathy for people who I do not believe always deserve empathy. Yeah.
0: You know, I had an experience recently where, where something along these lines happened. So I took my daughter to a Billie Eilish concert. Oh cool. And she my daughter loves Billie Eilish as much as she loves anything in this world. And she it was very important to her to get right up to the barricade. So we okay. actually spent the night on the on the sidewalk outside the forum in a tent, <laughs> you know, to like get early in line. Yeah. Uh, so this was like really important to her. Okay. And we got almost all the way to the front. We there was there were a couple of people in front of us and she was really excited. And uh, and the concert starts and the at Billie Eilish's audience, I don't know if you've ever been to a yep. Billie
1: Eilish concert. I haven't been, but I know I know about her. It's largely audience,
0: yeah. women. It's probably yes. 80% um girls and women. And uh, and so the concert's going on and my daughter's really happy, and this big guy, this big blonde guy, pushes in front of her. Like and he's you know, a foot and a half taller than she is. So there's no reason why he can't be, bi- he could have gotten in front of me, but there's just no reason. And then in front of, of my daughter were two black women who were being very sweet with her, you yep. know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, making sure she saw. And this guy like pushed and was pushing them and and was kind of like ruining the whole concert for everyone. Yeah. And when the concert was over, this, 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 Black woman and I turned at this guy and I mean <laughs> we started we just were letting him have it. And and you know, he I said, it would have cost you nothing to let my daughter, who's a foot and a half shorter than you and he was like, "It was not my intention." I was like, "Your intentions don't matter here. That's not good enough. All that you need to intend not to be an asshole." You know, just like so. This was my. I was tired and I was grouchy. Um, that's
1: a and really then, that's a really that's a really good example, though.
0: And then, so that that was some self righteous shaming right there. And yeah. but I was like, I I held on to this for a few days. I was like, really, you know. Yep. These, you know. Yep. It's guys like that. What's wrong? And you know, and I was like kind of going and making some maybe some unfair generalizations. Um and then I kind of thought about well, what was the system? You know, okay. what was the yep. you know, we were on the floor. The system is chaos. There is chaos no system. Open right?
1: open yeah, open standing. Yeah, and
0: what yeah, and what happens in chaos? The biggest people get more fair. Yeah. If I were a foot and a half taller than that guy, like what would I have done? I, you know, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I, I can be pretty aggressive myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
0: and so then I realized, you know, what we need to think about the system and the system. You know, the uh, and that guy was like, I could tell he was really bummed out because he thought he thought he was like being very helpful. He was like. You know, the, the security guards are passing out water. He was passing it back. I think he viewed himself as this
1: <laughs> As an enabler for everybody to have fun.
0: As this, um, yeah, good guy. Yeah. And um, yeah, anyway. What
1: I love most about that example, Kim, is it speaks to how difficult it is to self-regulate in the moment sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Particularly when you see bullying happening and you really want to be an upstander. Yeah. You know, it is to say to yourself, what's happening here? Why is this happening How is this other person perceiving it? Yeah. And how might I interact in a way that is respectful of both sides? Yeah. It's really hard to do. Really hard to do.
0: Yeah. Really hard to do. And I failed (laughs) totally. Well, and
1: protect also in that moment, you also had something else going on, which you you were being mama bear.
0: Yes. In in, in
1: protection of your daughter, right? Yeah. Which is, uh, which I think is, is, you know, truly understandable as well.
0: Yeah, and I think, frankly, the s- part of the self righteousness came in because be- because of race as well. Like I was mm-hmm. ashamed this big white guy had like mm-hmm. shoved these black women, and you know, and and I, I that was also part of it. If I'm if I'm yeah, yeah. honest with myself, you know.
1: So, so that's a really interesting thing. I have to think to myself, you know, do I, as a black person, I can't say that I. Carry that same level of guilt, shame. Yeah, for my but culture. you don't
0: have. I mean, I have what to be guilty and shameful about? You know, like yeah, yeah. But my 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 ancestors owned slaves. That's yeah. not, you know, like, and I, and I got to do something with that. That yeah. other than yell at this poor guy at the <laughs> at the. You know, I got to do something productive with that.
1: I agree, but but at what point, Kim? Do you not? Are you not held responsible for the? For the fact that your ancestors owned slaves uh,
0: that is a that's a really important question i think and 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 important to really dig into i mean i yeah. think i think that the the i mean i grew up in the south i had all kinds of well, i went to a school that gave me all kinds of advantages okay um I grew up in Memphis, which is a city that's sixty percent black. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how many black girls were in my class? Zero. Right? Like, like, there's a, 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 and that school like helped me get into certain university. You know, like it was, it it has had a material impact on my life. So, I think, I think that it is. uh, I feel like I, I, I. I got to do something about that, you know? Got got to do something with that.
1: But isn't disrupting the system of power, which is yes. really how I think about you, Kim. I think about you as a a major disruptor <laughs> of, of systems of power. Yes. Um you, you know, like that is as I'm getting to know you more and more and more, that is who you stand for and that's what you are, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's so, what I'm trying to do with this book. So I so 100%. I don't want to say like I do nothing, but I but I, but also think it's important to acknowledge like that that's there in my yeah. psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? No, I think I, I think I think that's I mean it's, it's an interesting one because as you and I were talking about before we came on air um you know you do get to a point in this where you talk about kind of the white uh I want to use your exact language the white the,
0: savior the, complex the white savior
1: complex right which I think is a really interesting one um because that was what I was reading with this a lot when I I talked to a lot of white people about white guilt. Yeah. And the manifestation of white guilt and how it feels as to me as a gay black man when I'm on the receiving end of what was intended to be a protecting. Yeah. Um, a self-righteous act.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead it was sort of patronizing or something.
1: Yeah. And it ultimately did not help me. Yeah. Because either it forced the person who was in power to shame and not, not want to deal with me because they they, they wanted to fear. Yeah, and this is a bit what I was talking about with the human brain, right? To be candid with you, Kim, this is part of the issue I think that we're having with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and why we have so much DEI fatigue. Yeah, is because for for decades we shamed people, particularly mm-hmm. cisgender, heterosexual white men. Yeah, we shame them into feeling like that they should be doing more for others.
0: Yeah, yeah, but
1: that that did not do anything in their brains. All that did was made them build up walls. Yeah. to say I'm a bad person. I'm going to be villainized. I don't want to open my mouth at all. I don't want to have anything to do with this.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think I think that the at the same time it can't be the responsibility of someone else. To move me through my shame. Like, that yes. is my job to yes. move myself through my shame. Like, yes. And, yes. and you're right. Like, shame is a, it does put you in fight or flight mode. I can tell 100%. you where I feel it in my body. I feel it yes. in the backs of my knees. Yes. Uh, I, the same physical sensation that I get if my kids step too close to the edge of a precipice. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. real kind of mm-hmm. panicky feeling. Yep. And it is, it's important to learn how to move through that shame and to get to, to reclaim one's own executive function. Like yeah. when I was, when I was yelling at that guy, you know, I I was not in charge of my own executive function. <laughs> yes.
1: True. Yes. And that, and that's, that's a moment where you're at a concert and you're not regulated by any broader systems uh, yeah. rules, but yeah. in the workplace, yeah. Although I know you give an example in the book, which I thought was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <Your Hulk>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's let's do that. Let's let's read. I'll skip ahead to the Incredible Hulk. So, so yes. there's there's a bunch of different ways that self righteous shaming, uh, kind of plays out. One is moral grandstanding. But let's skip ahead to the Incredible Hulk, and then we'll skip ahead to white savior complex. Great. So here's, uh, he- here's my thoughts on the Incredible Hulk syndrome. <laughs> Sometimes it's, tr- it's tempting to try to out-bully the bully. Don't give in to that temptation. I've been guilty of this and the results were not good. My team and I were pushing hard on a project late one Friday night when Amy, a woman who'd recently joined the company right out of college, came into my office in tears. Charles, another guy on the team, had taken one look at some analysis she'd done and said, there you go, doing sales math again. I'm an engineer. Don't worry your pretty little head about the math. When she told me this, I was pissed. That little shithead pipsqueak, I exclaimed, watch this. I picked up the phone, and when Charles answered, I started shouting. I was behaving like an asshole and enjoying myself way more than I should have. Helpful hint for in, for avoiding self righteous <laughs> shaming: If it feels too good to say it or to hit send, stop. Years Great later, as advice. my yeah, that is like a mentor told me that if it feels too, too good, good to hit send, stop. stop, and that has stopped me. Those words have rung in my <laughs> head; anyway. they've saved me, but they didn't save me in this moment. <laughs> So years later, as my sister and I were watching The Avengers with our kids, a scene reminded me of this incident. Loki, the bad guy, says to the Hulk, I am a god, you dull creature. The Hulk looks at him for a moment and then picks up Loki by the feet and smashes his head on the ground. Bam, bam, pause. Bam, 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 pause. Bam, bam. To the left, to the right, to the center a few times, back to the left. Loki is left humiliated and unable to get up. Puny God, Hulk says, stomping off in disgust. (laughs) Something about that scene so perfectly encapsulated, the way that bullying makes me want to respond. Just grab the person by the ankles and smash them all around. The way I treated Charles was a Hulk moment for me. But did it make the situation any better for Amy? No. I had engaged in bullying myself. Ultimately, I regretted my behavior. About five years later, my husband wound up working on a project with Charles, and when Andy mentioned that I was his wife, Charles's eyes grew wide. You are married to Kim Scott? What in the hell did you do to that guy, my husband asked with a concerned laugh over dinner. I'd given in to my incredible Hulk fantasy and acted like a complete asshole. That's what. Not who I want to be. So that's an example of self-righteous shaming, another one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have a, t- I have a bad, I have bad tendency. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, look here, here's what's interesting. I've, I've taught <clears throat> DEI for, for 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 many years now, and one of the things I think that makes us humans,
0: mm-hmm. an
1: evolved species, is the ability to go from self awareness to self regulation. Yeah, right. So to move it from the back of our brains to the front of our brains. Yeah, and the ability to regulate. And this, I really think, is important. An important point for us to make Kim, is to say. You have a responsibility as a leader, as an upstander, to self-regulate and to bring that forward and to put it through a conscious filter to say to yourself, like, Am I enjoying this too much? Yeah. Am I being a Hulk? (laughs) Is there is this is this something about this that is a bit more animalistic? Yeah. Than it is kind of an evolved human.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is am I using my lizard brain or my executive function brain? And absolutely. Try to get to that, that uh executive function brain.
1: Absolutely, right? I mean, I think it's not even try. I mean, I say to people all the time, that is contemporary leadership. Yeah. Right? If you define leadership in 2023, you can't do that, right? You have to have that ability to be able to do that quickly and to be able to do that in a way that is um, cognizant of those around you. Aware of those around you. And
0: I think the problem is that that there are some well-known examples of id leaders right now. And very much so, who are, who are not doing that, mm-hmm. and people accept it either because they're afraid or because they kind of enjoy the show. And, uh, you know, like if you enjoy the show, go watch The Avengers, don't, yeah, not, yeah, you know, not, don't go read The Economist, like, yes. go watch The Avengers.
1: I mean, I, look, I agree with you, I think we tolerate the behavior far too often. Um, I yeah. think back to this. The summer I was working on a project um, with a person um, who's very powerful and I came home one day and I said to my husband, because this person had walked in several days in a row and not acknowledged me. And I was yeah. in a very uh, influential role in this person's on this person's team. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I don't want to interact yeah. with this person. And so I called the next day and I said, I won't be back. I'm not gonna wow. work on this project. I'm not gonna work on this project anymore. And, you know, without any explanation. Now, fully recognized I was able to do that. I had privilege to be able to walk away and not feel like I was uh, to the detriment of my family and my income. But that was me being an upstander in that moment because I said I'm gonna walk away. Yeah. And not allow this person. And when I was asked ultimately why I walked away, I did say because I was not respected. I yeah. was not seen, yeah, and the behavior that that person exhibited was not something that I'm interested in being participating in.
0: Yeah, good for you. Yeah. good for you. And how did that feel? You must have felt pretty good.
1: It felt great to me. It felt great yeah. to me now. you know, honestly, in my mind, I don't know that he it, it would even register to him because of the the, the influence and power that he has. yeah um, and if I was if my hawk had taken over. I yeah. probably would have banged my chest and went in and said yeah. something really egregious to him. Yeah. Uh, but instead, I chose to go at it a different route, and I really do believe that it may not be him, but people around him noticed, and people around him will begin yeah. to understand that they need to control, help, help yeah. control him a little differently.
0: Yeah, and it's it's far more likely that he would acknowledge his own behavior with you. Responding the way you did in a Hulk moment, then he can behave like a Hulk too, and
1: exactly, you know, which he loved to do, which he loved yeah. to do, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, exactly.
0: Exactly. All right. Let's read another version yeah. of, of self-righteous shaming that happens, uh, which, which is called white savior complex. <laughs> a related but different complex happens when white people arrogantly decide they are going to, quote unquote, save black people and are in a position to do so because they are, quote unquote, better in some way. One predominantly white private school I knew bragged that their high school students had designed houses for people in a developing country. These kids' parents wouldn't trust their children to design a woodshed on their own property. Where did they get the notion that these kids could design houses that people would actually live in? This is just white supremacy in a different cloak. This approach often demonstrates that the white colleagues are, in fact, unaware of their own racism. I'm going to mispronounce the name. Teju Cole? Is that right? right? Uh, I'm not sure. Teju Cole has written about the white savior industrial complex. Mm. He explains it is not about justice. It is about having a big emotional experience that validates privilege.
1: Look, I think I think it's a powerful paragraph that's written there, Kim, and I think um it is one that I really would behoove white people to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um because when you step in that absolutely is undermined and underpinned by I feel like I'm better than.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Right. And I mean, it's, it's, it, you could, you could say this with mansplaining, you could say this with so many other different things, right? I feel like the way that I can say it is going to be better. The way that I yeah. am going to build it is going to be better, which starts from a place of me stepping on your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like for, for in, in terms of gender, it's like the knight in shining armor. And yeah. how many times have I had some guy, you know, co- come, usually a, often at work, you know, oh, you need my help. You know, I, like, I don't need your help. I don't. Yes, uh, yes. And I think, you know, it also... Even in, in leadership speak has to do, like, I'm going to empower my employees. You don't need to empower them. You just need to get out of their way. You know? Yes,
1: yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And I even see it, like, I even see it in the gay community where, you know, <laughs> you know there's a stereotype that effeminate gay men need... Mm-hmm a more masculine man to help protect yeah. them and to speak oh my gosh, for them. I had never
0: thought, yeah, that is also a knight in shining armor complex.
1: Uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And it's, and it, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, yeah. And I just think that we really have to think about, again, going back to why are we doing this? What is our intention here? Yeah. And if we can't answer that question, maybe we should just stop and pause and not step in in those moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is our intention? And also what is the emotional itch? yeah that we're scratching you know and is it a it is is it a good emotion or a bad emotion Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. um yeah
1: it's that that's interesting right because i do believe (laughs) i say a lot i said i don't you know i used to believe you know when i was younger days i used to believe and this is i think part of my orientation being a gay black kid growing up was i believed that there were a lot of really evil people in the world i just believed that there were i was not that person who believed everyone was was born good um, I actually believe differently. Now as an adult, I do believe there most people are born good but I do believe Kim there are some people who have who thrive off of negative negative emotions
0: Yeah yeah right
1: and it feeds and fuels what they do And so you know I would say for that small population of people it's a different conversation of how to interact with them. but I agree yeah. with you what emotion is this evoking inside of me as a really interesting?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting having grown up as, as uh, you know, a a white kid with, without any, not rich, but without any financial, uh, uh, problems. Yeah. I, I definitely am always shocked when I see people behaving evil, like it always, and it takes me way too long to, to recognize, frankly. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a, a privilege that I've come, you know, that I've been, been wrestling with the optimism in some ways, my optimism is, that's is, right. is a privilege that, ha- that, you know, it sometimes tripped me up because sometimes it's, it's wrong. It's incorrect uh, that's right. that's that right. people are always one way or another way.
1: You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm left thinking sometimes, you know, I've seen far too many times. In fact, um, I was watching Good Morning America the other day, and they had one of their segments where they were um, awarding this Black woman some money for the work that she did in her community. And I looked at the Black woman's face, and instead of joy, I saw embarrassment. And that what they thought, I think, was a good thing actually embarrassed her to the extent of she didn't need that level of recognition or or this kind of white institution stepping in over top of yeah. her. Um, and so sometimes I really do believe that this savior complex that we're going to give her X amount of money and a trip to wherever actually doesn't, doesn't help. Cause that's not what that person's motivated by. That's yeah. what that, that's not why that person is doing, doing that work. And so again, it goes back to say, how would the person, if I have a level of empathy and I think about how will the person receiving this, who I'm defending, standing up for, how are they going to respond to this? Yeah. I think it's a really interesting one. Really important. Yeah. And if you can't answer that, then the question becomes, should you be standing up for that person?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, And I think the question also is, are you standing up for someone or are you standing up to something?
1: That's exactly right.
0: And more often when you're standing up to then you're really upstanding. Whereas when you're standing up for, you're likely to trip into moral grandstanding.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, Kim, this has been super great. This has been super great. I love this.
0: Great conversation. Thank you. You're going to help me make this part of the book. I struggled (laughs) with this part of the book. (laughs) No, keep pressing it. It's a
1: conversation that has to be had. Yeah.
0: And, and I think part of the reason why I struggled is, is my own sort of Mm -hmm. white guilt, white, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right, Ernest, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, folks who are listening, let us give us some feedback. We want to know what you think.
1: Please. Yes. Thanks, Kim. We'll talk soon. Thank you.
0: Take care.